Mr. Chief Justice, Senators, President's Council. President Trump and President Zelensky's relationship started out well. President Trump wanted the two investigations from Zelensky and he had no reason to believe that he would not get what he wanted. On April 21st, 2019, Zelensky, who was new to politics, won a landslide victory in Ukraine's presidential election. That evening, President Trump called Zelensky to congratulate him. On that first call, the first call, Zelensky invited President Trump to visit Ukraine for the upcoming inauguration. President Trump, in turn, promised that his administration would send someone at a very, very high level. During that same April call, President Trump invited Zelensky to the White House, saying, when you're settled in and ready, I'd like to invite you to the White House. We have a lot of things to talk about, but we're with you all the way. Zelensky immediately accepted the president's invitation, adding that the whole team and I are looking forward to that visit. Numerous witnesses testified about the significance of a White House meeting for the political newcomer. A White House meeting would show Ukrainians that America supported Zelensky's anti-corruption platform, the clear backing of the President of the United States, Ukraine's most important patron, would also send a powerful message to Russia that we had Ukraine's back. During that April 24th call, President Trump never even uttered the word corruption. But the White House call recap falsely stated that the two presidents had discussed Ukraine's anti-corruption efforts. Shortly after the phone call, Jennifer Williams, advisor to Vice President Pence, learned that President Trump asked Vice President Pence to attend Zelensky's inauguration. Williams and her colleagues began planning for Pence's trip to Kyiv. At the same time, Giuliani was trying to get Ukraine to investigate the Bidens and the alleged 2016 election interference. On April 24, Giuliani went on Fox and Friends and had this to say. Keep your eye on Ukraine. Because in Ukraine, a lot of the dirty work was done in digging up the information. American officials were used. Ukrainian officials were used. That's like collusion with the Ukrainians. And, uh, or actually in this case, conspiracy with the Ukrainians. I think it gets some interesting information about Joe Biden uh, from uh, Ukraine, about his son, Hunter Biden, about a company he was on the board of for years, dealings. which may be one of the most crooked companies in Ukraine. For this campaign to be truly beneficial to his boss, President Trump, Giuliani needed access to the new government in Ukraine. He dispatched his associates, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, to try to make inroads with the Zelensky team. On April 25, former Vice President Biden publicly announced his bid for the presidency, and immediately he was at the top of the polls. That same day, David Holmes, an American diplomat at our embassy in Ukraine, 
learned that Giuliani had reached out to the head of President Zelensky's campaign. As Mr. Holmes explained, the new Ukrainian government began to think that Giuliani was a significant person in terms of managing their relationship with the United States. As Giuliani and his associates worked behind the scenes to get access to the new leadership in Ukraine, President Trump was publicly signaling his interest in the investigations. On May 2nd, the president appeared on Fox News, who had asked, should the former vice president explain himself on his feeling in Ukraine and whether there was a conflict with his son's business interests, President Trump replied as follows. I, I'm hearing it's a major scandal, major problem, mm -hmm. very bad things happened, and we'll see what that is. They even have him on tape talking about it. They have Joe Biden on tape talking about the prosecutor, and I've seen that tape. A lot of people are talking about that tape. But that's up for them. They have to solve that problem. The tape President Trump referenced is a video from January 2018, in which Vice President Biden explained he placed an ultimatum to the Ukrainian president to remove the corrupt prosecutor general to ensure that the taxpayer money would be used appropriately. The vice president's actions were consistent with official U.S. policy, as well as the opinions of the international community. On May 9, the New York Times published an article about Giuliani's plan to visit Ukraine. In the article, Giuliani confirmed that he planned to meet Zelensky. At that meeting, he wanted to press the Ukrainian government to pursue the investigations, investigations that President Trump promoted only days earlier. Giuliani said, we're not meddling in an election, we're meddling in an investigation which we have a right to do. Giuliani even went so far as to acknowledge that his actions could benefit President Trump personally. He said, and I quote, this isn't foreign policy. I'm asking them to do an investigation they're doing already and that other people are telling them to stop. And I'm going to give them reasons why they shouldn't stop it because that information would be very, very helpful to my client and may turn out to be helpful to my government. That's it. Right there, Giuliani admitting he was asking Ukraine to work on investigations that would be very, very helpful to the president. He was not doing foreign policy. He was not doing this on behalf of the government. He was doing this for personal interests of his client, Donald J. Trump. The next morning on May 10, amid coverage of his planned trip to Ukraine, Giuliani tweeted further about Biden, then had a flurry of calls with partners who was helping in planning his trip to Ukraine. That same day, Giuliani also spoke with Ambassador Volker on the phone for more than 30 minutes. Ambassador Volker had learned that Giuliani intended to travel to Ukraine and had called to warn Giuliani that Prosecutor General Lusensko is not credible.
Don't listen to what he is saying. Later that day, Giuliani had a 17-minute call with a masked White House number before speaking again with Parnas for 12 minutes. That same day, on May 10, Politico asked President Trump about Giuliani's upcoming trip, and he replied, I have not spoken to him at any great length, but I will. I will speak, speak to him before he leaves. But that evening, on Fox News, Giuliani announced, I'm not going to Ukraine because I think I'm walking into a group of people that are enemies of the president. Separately, in a text message to Politico, Giuliani alleged that the original offer for a meeting with Zelensky was a setup. He said it was a setup orchestrated by several vocal critics of President Trump who were advising Zelensky. Giuliani declared, Zelensky is in the hands of avowed enemies of President Trump. But Giuliani had not stopped trying. He had Parnas sent a letter from him to Zelensky's senior aide on May 11, asking for a meeting. That later made it clear that Giuliani was representing the pres President Trump as a private citizen and that he was working with President Trump's knowledge and consent. The letter is on the slide and reads, quote, in my capacity as personal counsel to President Trump, and with his knowledge and consent, I request a meeting with you on this upcoming Monday, May 13, or Tuesday, May 14. I will need no more than half an hour of your time, and I will be accompanied by my colleague, Victoria Tunzing, a distinguished American attorney who is very familiar with this matter. But it did not appear that Giuliani and Parnas attempts to get the meeting were working. That same day, Giuliani sent a text to Parnas asking, this guy is canceling meeting, I think. Approximately three hours later, Giuliani sent Parnas drafts of a public statement that people advising the president-elect are no friends of the president. Three days later, President Trump instructed Vice President Pence not to attend the inauguration in Ukraine. Just three days later, Vice, president, Vice Presidential Staffer Jennifer Williams received a surprising call from Prince's Chief of Staff. She described it during her public testimony. On May 13th, an assistant to the Vice President's Chief of Staff called and informed me that President Trump had decided that the Vice President would not attend the inauguration in Ukraine. She did not provide any further explanation. I relayed that instruction to others involved in planning the potential trip. I also informed the NSC that the Vice President would not be attending so that it could identify a head of delegation to represent the United States at President-elect Zelensky's inauguration. Notably, 
Williams confirmed that the inauguration date had not yet been decided, scheduled, been scheduled at the time of that phone call. So the reason for President Trump's decision was certainly not due to a scheduling conflict. Secretary of Energy Rick Perry ultimately led the delegation to the inaugural. Accompanying Secretary Perry were Ambassador to the European Union Gordon Sondland, Ambassador Volker, and NEC Director for Ukraine, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, Senator Rob Johnson also attended many of the inaugural events with the delegation. When asked if this delegation was a good group, Holmes replied, it was not as senior a delegation as we might have expected. After the inauguration, Ambassadors Volker and Sondland left Kyiv with a favor very favorable impression of President Zelensky. Ambassador Volker said they believed it was important that, that President Trump personally engaged with the President of Ukraine in order to demonstrate full U.S. support for him. When the inauguration team returned to the United States, <clears throat> they had a meeting with President Trump on May 23. The May 23 meeting with President Trump proved to be important for two good reasons. First, with Ambassador Yovanovitch out of the way, President Trump authorized Ambassador Sondland, Secretary Perry, and Ambassador Volker to lead engagement with the new administration in Ukraine. And two, President Trump instructed them to satisfy Giuliani's concerns in order to move forward on Ukraine matters. These officials were all political appointees, and Ambassador Sondland had donated a million dollars to the president's inauguration. The president saw these three political appointees <clears throat> as officials who would fulfill his requests. <clears throat> Ambassador Volker testified that he, Ambassador Sondland, Secretary Perry, and Senator Johnson took turns making their case that this is a new crowd. It's a new president in Ukraine. He's committed to doing the right things, including fighting corruption. They recommended that the President, President Trump follow through on his invitation for President Zelensky to meet with him in the Oval Office. But President Trump did not receive the recommendation well. At his public hearing, Ambassador Volker described the May 23rd Oval Office meeting with President Trump. Let's listen. We stressed our finding that President Zelensky represented the best chance for getting Ukraine out of the mire of corruption it had been in for over 20 years. We urged him to invite President Zelensky to the White House. The President was very skeptical. Given Ukraine's history of corruption, that's understandable. He said that Ukraine was a corrupt country, full of terrible people. He said, they tried to take me down. In the course of that conversation, he referenced conversations with Mayor Giuliani. 
It was clear to me that despite the positive news and recommendations being conveyed by this official delegation about the new president, President Trump had a deeply rooted negative view on Ukraine rooted in the past. He was receiving other information from other sources, including Mayor Giuliani, that was more negative, causing him to retain this negative view. Witnesses said the reference to taking me down was to unfounded allegations that Ukraine had interfered in the 2016 election. This was what President Trump considered to be corruption in Ukraine. The president's words echoed Giuliani's public statements about Ukraine in early May. Rather than committing to an Oval Office meeting with the Ukrainian leader, President Trump directed the delegation to talk to Giuliani. Here is how Ambassador Sondland described that instruction from the president. If we wanted to get anything done with Ukraine, it was apparent to us we needed to talk to Rudy. Right. You understood that Mr. Giuliani spoke for the president, correct? That's correct. Ambassador Sondland saw the writing on the wall. Sondland concluded that if we did not talk to Rudy, nothing would move forward on Ukraine. The three amigos, as they called themselves, did as the president ordered and began talking to Giuliani. Dr. Hill testified, Volker, Sondland, and Perry gave us every impression that they were meeting with Rudy Giuliani at this point, and Rudy Giuliani was also saying on the television, and indeed had said, has said subsequently that he was closely coordinating with the State Department. Like Dr. Hill, Ambassador Bolton closely tracked Giuliani's Ukraine-related activities. Hill testified about a conversation she had with Bolton in May of 2019. That conversation was revealing, so let's listen. And, uh, on television making these statements, and I had already brought to Ambassador Bolton's um, attention the attacks, the smear campaign against Ambassador Ivanovich, and expressed uh, great regret about how this was unfolding and, um, in fact, the shameful way in which uh, um, Ambassador Ivanovich was, um, was being smeared and attacked. And I'd asked if there was anything that we could do about it. And Ambassador Bolton had looked pained, um, basically uh, indicated with body language that there was nothing which we could do about it. And he then, in the course of that discussion, said that Rudy Giuliani was a hand grenade that was going to blow everyone up. Did you understand what he meant by that? I did, actually. What did he mean? Well, I think he, he meant that, obviously, what Mr. Giuliani was saying was pretty explosive in any case. Um, he was frequently on television making quite incendiary remarks about um, everyone um, involved in this, and that he was clearly pushing forward issues and ideas that would, uh, you know, probably come back to haunt us. And, in fact, I think... According to Hill's description, Bolton said that Giuliani's influence could be an obstacle to increased White House engagement with Ukraine. He instructed his staff not to meet with Giuliani. In June, Volker and Sondland relayed to Ambassador Taylor that President Trump wanted to hear from Zelensky before scheduling the meeting in the Oval Office. Ambassador Taylor testified that he did not understand at the time what that meant. Around this time, the president publicly expressed 
that he thought it would be okay to accept foreign interference to assist his campaign if it was in the form of opposition research on his opponent. Let's listen to that shocking interview. Campaign this time around, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent. Oh, I think I'd want to hear it. You want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. Shocking video. Meanwhile, Giuliani continued to press Ukraine to do the president's political dirty work. On June 21, for instance, Giuliani tweeted the following. New press of Ukraine still silent on investigation of Ukrainian interference in the 2016 election and alleged Biden bribery of President Poroshenko. Time for leadership and investigate both if you want to purge how Ukraine was abused by Hillary and Obama people. The quid pro quo scheme was taking shape. Giuliani was publicly advocating for Ukraine to conduct politically motivated investigations while President Trump refused to schedule an Oval Office meeting for Ukraine's new president. As Ambassador Sondland testified, the scheme to pressure Ukraine to conduct these investigations would only get more insidious with time. <laughs> 